Welcome back to the SUFC Goals podcast. A warning, this episode may include some strong language. Right, hello everybody. Welcome back to the second episode of our podcast. Thanks all for listening. Thank you all for the feedback of the last one as well. Uh, very much appreciated, seeing as this our first thing, new rodeo, if you like. We didn't really know what we was doing, how to do it, what not. So it was a bit of a rough one last time. We've taken on board your feedback. So, yeah, much appreciated. We're going to introduce ourselves this time because we're aware we didn't actually do that last time. Completely forgot, sort of just got a bit too excited with the whole thing and talking about surfing and whatnot and just jumped into it. So, yeah, so I'm Simon. Uh, I'm 24. I've been going surfing since I think about 2006-ish. My first game was Leeds at home in the championships. So I think that was 06. Might have been 07. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I think it may have been sort of start of 07. I think we, we drew one all. Yeah, My yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It was, it was a draw, but I can't remember when it was last said. It was about. I think uh, David Healy scored old. for Leeds, I think, that game. I need to get out, don't I? Yeah, you do, mate. You need a bird. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm uh, I'm Dan. I'm 25. I've uh, been going South End. One of my first games in the year 2000. Um, I think we beat Macclesfield 4-1. I don't remember the game personally, but uh, but that's what the record books say. But I've been going consistently and, well, from what I remember from 2003, 03-04 um, season when we got to the um, LDV final against Blackpool. That was a brilliant season, Leon Constantine uh, doing wonders. It'd be great to get him on, quiz him about his year at Southend and why he left. I don't know if he would necessarily want to answer that, but uh, but yeah, so uh, a little little intro into us. Yeah. Um, there was one thing that I did want to mention before we get into talking interesting stuff, is that uh, I, I saw that somebody asked what did it mean about giving it the Barry? And that is a good question. And to answer the question shortly, it's Cockney rhyming, or maybe Mockney, if you like, if it's not an old classic, but it's giving it the old Barry McGuigan, which therefore rhymes with the biggin. So it's giving it the biggin, but I uh, skipped that McGuigan. So that's that explained. Uh, yeah, I've never thought I'd have to explain a Cockney rhyme before, but there we go. Right. Well, at least we, you, can, you can use it more more freely now. Yeah. Cool. Well, that is that one. Yeah, didn't think about that. But um, yeah, so today, I know last time, right, we're going to contradict ourselves now because last time we said we didn't want to talk too much about the ownership and Ron Martin and all that because it's depressing. Well, that, we only recorded that probably about a week ago, maybe a bit longer. And since then, it's all not all changed, but there's been a bit more news. And it's actually it's positive. Yeah, it's been frantic, frantic it, and now there's positive news out there. Things are looking a bit more optimistic, uh, shall we say, touch wood. But, yeah, so that's why we're going to talk now about the ownership. So nobody can say that we're contradicting ourselves. Well, you can, but I'll just explain why. So, so yeah, uh, where do you want to start? I think the first thing we should uh, just discuss, I think almost jump in it a little bit too early, but... I think we need to just discuss that statement that the uh, club put out. Again, I'm not trying to have a go at the media team, the commercial team, whoever it is, because I know it's not their fault. They get told what to put. So I'm not when I when I'm in the club, I mean Ron 
and I guess to some degree Tom Lawrence as well. I don't know if that's fair. If I'm wrong, then I hold my hands up and apologise to him. But, you know, from no, what I reckon Ron it's says. Just, I reckon it's just whatever Ron Martin says, personally. Probably. So I'll quick. Let me read out the statement if you haven't if you, if you haven't read it yourselves. Um, I'll yeah read it out. So, following recent speculation surrounding the sale of the club, we can confirm that non-disclosure agreements with three issued party it's sorry interested parties and heads of terms have been issued. However, at this time, none of the interest uh sorry none of the interested parties have been granted a period of exclusive ex- exclusivity. Jesus, it's for you. Yeah, tongue tongue twister for me. So, mate, first of all, putting out a statement the day after a news article comes out, which I must say was a very, very uh, brilliant article from uh, Matt Slater, who is a uh, journalist at The Athletic. I'd recommend everyone to to go and look at his work or, you know, just to sign up to The Athletic anyway. You can get it for about 50p a a week or something, and it's it's a brilliant read. Um, but he put out an article basically saying that there was a consortium involved, something that we'll get into a little bit more. But he, but this statement comes out now about the non-disclosure agreements. We've had winding up orders. We've had you know other things for the club to address. Why now has he put out a statement? Great question. God only knows. I can only think that it's it's good timing for them with all the sort of the news article that's come out and they thought, right, now it's all about there, we've got to say something. You know, all this, all these rumours and all whatnot. I imagine they would have read the same stuff that we would have read on Twitter, in the Echo, in the Athletic, and they probably thought, you know, we've got to write something about this. And they've come up with 50, 100 words, whatever it was, of, in my opinion, jargon, bollocks. I didn't have a clue what half it meant. I'm not a lawyer. I was having to go through the comments to see if anybody had explained what it said. And I think the bottom line of it, of what I understood, was that statement basically was saying that three different parties are putting a bid and that it's up to the club to decide. Well, yeah, up to Ron Martin to decide what bid he likes and to negotiate with them. Which is promising, but also is a little bit worrying for me because as a pessimist, I could, well, not normally a pessimist, but when it comes to Ron Martin, I am. I can see him turning around and just playing them all against each other, which I know you're doing business, but then all three of them going, oh, tonight, fuck off, mate. Hopefully it don't mm-hmm. happen, but, you know. So some of the yeah. articles, I can't remember if it was the Echo one or the Athletic one. I think it was the Athletic one that said that the cons- the new consortium was very close or like in advanced talks or something like that. Yeah, so, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know if that it may have been in the in, in the athletic, but I know it has been rumoured on 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 for on Shrimper's Own or or other other sort of media platforms that you know it is close. So I guess you've got to take it with a pinch of salt, but at the same time, definitely get excited about it. So um, I think another another thing, we're going to keep on referring back to this statement across um, our sort of different topics we're going to cover across the new, you know, the new potential owners. So um, I think we should get into something that we've referenced already is the new consortium. So the new consortium, which uh, has got a few different people uh, in, involved in it, I think one of the, mo- well, the most notable person is Ray Winston. Uh, if you don't know, he's a, a British film icon. He's been... Maybe Hollywood, 
but he's been in a lot of uh, British films. Um, he's a he's a, he's, a, he's a decent decent actor. Uh, it's not really my cup of tea. I'm more of a sort of Jason Statham fan. You know, a bit more action, less less uh, less kingpin and more more action. Um, so he's obviously part, he's part of it, um, and I think the money part of it comes from uh, a, a, a chap called Simon Jackson, who is uh, the son-in-law of Southland legend Peter Taylor. Um, so I guess there's a link there, and Peter Taylor may get involved with the club. Obviously, he is manager at uh, where is he manager Malden and Tiptree. So obviously he's he is there. So potentially there could be some sort of link there. So Simon Jackson is one of them. And the other one is Chris Tremaine, uh, who went to Westcliff High School for boys. So obviously he's, um, they're, well, they're both local lads, actually. But it shows that, that you know, they are um, sort of, I guess, you know, they understand what it's going to mean to to run the club. And they understand how the fans feel and they want to know how, um, you know, how the club should be operated. I guess being local, that's the thing, you know, having that, you know, opposed to having some American come in is there is a heart and soul to the club and it's not just going to be a business project. I'm sure there is a project that they've got going, not just for the football club, but for potential developments. Um, but yeah, what, what, what did you think about that article coming out and, and seeing those names linked and and that, yeah, I think the uh, local essence of it is good in the sense that they'll actually, like you just said, they'll actually know what it what it means, and they'll not just in like the corny sense of oh they'll know what it means to all the fans and whatnot because who knows if they're actually fans or if they've ever go to a game, God knows, but they'll know that as their local city in where they live, it's important to have a thriving football club and it's important that people have got stuff to look forward to on a Saturday at three o'clock and it's important that things are going well. And even as like a businessman, that then trickles down. So, you know, more people are in the city watching the football, more people are in the pubs, more people are buying fish and chips, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, it's positive. Um... Yeah, I don't know who, I know I'm jumping here, but I don't know who the other two bidders were, if you like, or what the competition is or who the favourites are or whatnot. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, with the yeah, in... with the Ray Winston connection, though, while we're on that one, yeah. that's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I can't remember how he was connected, but he would, if it goes through, he'd be somehow on the board of directors. He wouldn't be maybe chief owner, but I saw some people saying, oh, I'm not sure about him because of the West Ham connection and whatnot. And personally, for me, I think that we can't, you can't sit here and go, nah, not for me, mate, you support West Ham. If somebody's willing to part with their money and own our club and somebody who has got the money, it's not, you know, some guy's got a million spare and he might run out of money. This geezer and the other people are going to have the money. So I think, who's asked that he supports West Ham in my opinion don't give a fuck he could have a late in orange season ticket for all I care well maybe not actually but uh, (laughs) (laughs) you get my point I I think that all that matters is that someone or some people take over the club and know what they're doing good business sense know something about football and have got an actual interest in improving the club on and off the field rather than just seeing it as a business venture to make some money by selling the ground for flats yeah no i I make make you completely right and 
I don't understand how you know where the money's where the, where the money's from. You know, are these are these blokes that rich? Because, like I said, I think Ron wants about fourteen million for the club, and then twenty million for Roots Hall, twenty five million for Roots Hall. It's going to be an expensive, you know, initial investment of about forty million. So, you know, where's where's the money coming from? I know their sort of whole group is called Kimura Group, which I find quite fascinating because one of the people involved, Chris Tremaine, is a, uh, a, a, a well, he's, he's had a few MMA fights. And if you don't know, Kimura is a move in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which is also used in uh, in MMA. So I find that sort of link interesting. But obviously there's a whole part of the group that does uh, sort of asset management and finance and stuff. And I guess that's a very big, uh, area of where the money could be coming from then obviously I think what Peter Taylor and what Ray Winston are more involved with is the sports management side of things um, I don't know if you've seen on their on their website they've got a whole list of of athletes that they're sort of partnered with or I guess managed I think one of them uh, again staying with the MMA link is Arnold Allen who's a featherweight in the UFC uh, probably one of the biggest uh, prospects of the uh, sort of coming out of England uh, he's from uh, Suffolk as well uh so he's you know not farming mean, not that he would have anything to do with the club um and obviously they've got uh, a tennis player a local tennis player uh ryan pennison i think his name is um yeah who, yeah he's not who, bad is he? he no well i don't really know much about tennis to be honest but he's a local lad he's from south end and obviously he's a uh quite a well-known tennis player um, so that's and then there's two other names that are that are sort of with the club that are being sort of linked with all these companies, whatever. One's Gary Petit, whose son plays for Luton. Um, is I think his name's Joey. I think they're from Southend as well. Um, so potentially there could be some connection there. And the last one is Laurie Pinto, who's a a, a financier uh, or financier, however you pronounce it. Um, apparently, he was part of the sort of Glazers takeover of Manchester United, or some, you know, somewhere. So there's all these names being thrown around. What their exact roles are, I have no no clue whatsoever. whatsoever. But it's positive news because it's Ron Martin get, getting rid of the club. Um, and there, there's going to be one point I want to come back to shortly um, after another bit that sort of links back to this, and from my eyes, could potentially be seen as a negative, but. Um, so I'll let you talk about the Rock. I think you've uh, you're quite keen on that one. Yeah, the Rock. That's an interesting one. Before I jump into him, wanted to mention about Kimura. So all them blokes you just uh, listed and spoke about the actual company that's sort of in the takeover, Kimura Capital. I think that's the key bit. It's not just one bloke who's got a load of dough. It's a hedge fund, which one hedge fund has got a lot of money usually whether it's theirs or borrowed doesn't matter but the main thing I want to say is that these people can run a successful hedge fund you know performing well over eight ten years however long it's been that's a good sign that they know how to run a business first and foremost in my opinion it's not just some some idiot that runs a property company um and all he's and he's in debt it's it's a proper company, in my opinion. And I think that the fact that the chief financial officer of this hedge fund in the city is now looking to move into buying a football club shows you that it's going to be run properly. Well, that's my hope anyway. We don't get some dodgy little like banker who's been money laundering or something like the Fleetwood owner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I've got one question for you. If you don't know it, then, then that's fine. Um, it's just a general question. 
what it, uh, what is a hedge fund and how would the money <laughs> I have no idea. What is a hedge fund and where does the money come from? Like, how would that be investing in the club? You know, the last thing we want is money being loaned to the club, which would then put the club in debt and then, you know, spiral into kind of what we're in now or worse. You know, if, if they, they come in with this million pound transfer budget, I know it's unrealistic, but it's just the first thing I could think of, you know, this, you know, have, you know, up in the, the, the salary by, I don't know, three times than what it was last year, the budget. How's that going to affect the club? Yeah. Good question. So I've finished work for the day and now you're asking me finance questions. So cheers for that. Can't get away from it. But <laughs> hedge fund, um, the short of it is an investment company or an investment vehicle that you can invest in, but in the sense of the company. So they run different funds that people can invest in. Not you or me. I'm talking people with lots of money and firms that have got lots of money and want to invest, say, for their pension fund or, I don't know, just increase their assets. So it's not for people that want to invest a grand. It's for people that want to invest 10 million, maybe. And they'll invest in different assets, whether it's like risky assets like equities or maybe they'll then diversify that with some property or some bonds or whatever. Uh, But the main thing of what that hedge fund is, is that it's high risk, high reward is the aim. So the, the FTSE might be, obviously, it's, volatile at the minute with everything going on but it might say on average the FTSE 100 might return five percent in the arm plucking numbers out of thin air but their aim is to beat that by taking on more risk and leveraging which is where you borrow money and then invest that borrowed money so therefore if you've borrowed a million pound and you invest make 10 percent on it and but you only have to pay back that million pound you've earned yourself a hundred thousand pound profit um, and it wasn't your money in the first place. But obviously, if you lose, then there's the risk in that because you've got to pay, but you don't have the money, etc. Um, don't want to bore people about finance, but that's basically what a hedge fund is. Cool. So, so you it's, it's, a, it's risky, but it's like a good investment for people who've got a lot of money in that. And so, yeah, getting to, back to the point, it's it's a good, good sort of legit company, good investment. Um, and these people are they'll know what they're doing in the sense of investing and finance they'll be properly clued up they'll be clever blokes so yeah it's that that's what for me is like it's a good sign for me cool cool well, cheers for that i mean you've given me a clearer picture of it and i'm sure you've helped a few people out as well who are not as clued up on the uh, financial yeah i mean world, feel f- feel free to let us know if i've actually butchered that explanation but from my work on my studies that is what i understand cool um, I think what we're going to do, we can have a little break and uh, we'll catch you in a couple of minutes. Welcome back to the uh, second part of the uh, the SUFC Goals podcast. Um, as we mentioned just beforehand, we are going to talk about The Rock and what his potential involvement could be with the club um, or lack of involvement, as I would say. Um, Simon? Do you have a? Do you, have you got anything to uh, to discuss about about the rock? Um, it's a pretty interesting one, isn't it? It's pretty cool, you must say. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be so. Just to get it clear, so the rock isn't going to be involved in the ownership of the club. Um, just in case anybody had that um, no. imagination from it, it's going to be a film or a documentary of some sort which documentary I think is pretty series, cool yeah. yeah so like similar to the Wrexham one 
something about us. I don't see any harm in that. Would be cool. It would get more exposure. And then if it's Money. if it gets as big as the exactly if it gets as big as the Wrexham one, and we get a load of fans from the states or people buying shirts or whatever, lovely jubbly. Although for that to happen, Macron have got up, up their game and actually have any bloody shirts available. <laughs> You're not wrong. The stock on the website is absolutely pathetic. What stock? Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Not that I normally buy the yeah. shirts, but I was I had a look the other day out of curiosity and there was nothing. No. I mean I, I looked yesterday and they've got next season's like training top on there, but that's all there is on there. <laughs> Brilliant. So, Classic. <laughs> yeah. Classic. So um so yeah, so, so yeah, in a nutshell you, you you summed it up. So what the consortium did mention and what was in that article in the Athletic was that they'd want to have a a documentary, not necessarily exactly as Hollywood as the Wrexham documentary, but they want it to be a bit more of a traditionally like English documentary. I guess they could do uh, the the narrating. The narrating could be done by Ray Winston um, or by us. So yeah. it's already off to a really good start there. <laughs> by us. Yeah, well, I wouldn't turn that down. Um, I'm to be fair, I'm not too sure. You know how involved the the uh, the Johnson, the Rock, <laughs> the Rock's going to be. I was thinking of his obviously his name, Dwayne Johnson. I don't know how involved the Rock is going to be with you know the production of the um of the documentary. You know, like in a you know if you think about work, you know, does the CEO, does the owner of your company know what you do? No, he doesn't. He you know or she or they. Oh, fuck um, all in your case. Yeah. Well, Nice one. Um, yes. They they just let you crack on with uh, with your job. So, you know, it would be nice that you know if the documentary does go really well and he wants to get involved, then that'd be excellent because it is probably one of the most famous people in Hollywood. To be to be fair, and you know, I was, when when the article first came out, I compared him his followers to, to Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I had that chat and all at work. And like, uh, yeah, the rock. Yeah. Rock's got seven, the seven times the amount of followers as Ryan Reynolds. So that's, there's different levels to the to the game of fame. I mean, Ryan Reynolds is famous, but The Rock is is up there. So, um, so no, it'd be interesting. I'd, I'd love to see the documentary, and like you said earlier. But I think the uh, I think we should move on to a really really important part, and you know the sort of where the ball started getting rolling in terms of the consortium being uh, or a consortium getting involved was uh steve nash so simon can you fill us in on steve nash or would you like me to yeah no so he obviously owns a couple of sports teams and whatnot i can never remember who exactly he owns but he, uh, he, owned, he, he owns vancouver whitecaps in the mls and real mallorca in la liga I didn't know he owned the Spanish one. I knew he owned someone in the MLS. I also thought he owned like a basketball team or a baseball team or someone else in America. He was uh, he was like head coach manager of of one last season, Brooklyn Nets. Oh, right, okay, fair enough. I know absolutely nothing about American sports, so there you go. But yeah, his one was interesting, wasn't it? Because he was rumored to be involved or rumored to be uh, interested, but it was sort of. Nothing more than a few rumours. I don't remember reading any concrete articles about it. So I think it was just rumours and then, like, recently some more rumours saying he pulled out. But there was nothing ever concrete saying he was in or out. So it's interesting. But he could still be one of the three because we don't know who these other two bidders are. Exactly. Um, What's his name? Carl Reader could be one of them for all we know. 
and Coxie, like they could be another bit that we don't know. I guess yeah. it's inter- it'd be int- I'm actually interested to think. And I'm jumping here, so I have my brains thinking. But how how did the press get hold of the Kimura Capital um, consortium information in the first place? And, Especially you know, if there's an come- NDA in place. Exactly. Uh, how comes we know about one of them but not the other two? Either it's some superb investigative journalism, or someone's come out and, as in, one of them have come out and said, "Oh, by the way, we've got." We've done this. If you want to write about it, I don't know. I think that would be the case. I think that would be the case. Um, Simon, I've got a little passage that I've read off um, Shrimper's Own. Uh, I think oh, by cool. someone who seems to be quite reliable. Their name goes by they well they go by the name of Lincoln Shrimp. Um, this was posted, I think, this morning or or yesterday. Um, and the the post is. I've received confirmation this morning and the green light to post it on Shrimper Zone that Steve Nash and his consortium are now officially out of the race. Despite verbally offering a bumper deal, which in Nash's eyes was a genuine footballing project where he could have been the front man, Ron rejected the p- proposal. Crucially, it was Ron's refusal to include the sale of Roots Hall in any deal that led to Nash stepping away. Nash's pitch included the promise of working closely with the local community, restoring the club's damaged reputation and the carrot of forming good ties with Tottenham Hotspur to ensure we had the benefit of securing talented loanies. And then the, the last uh, paragraph, Ron doesn't want to sell Roots Hall, but just like in but just like in December, when Ron first made contact directly with Nash, every time they spoke, the goalposts kept moving. So... There's a lot to, to unravel there, and I'm sure we could do a whole podcast just on that post. Uh, but we'll try and keep it keep it down. Um, it's a shame because Steve Nash was the first name that was being rumoured to be linked with the the takeover. Steve Nash is a sporting guy. Uh, he's got some extremely wealthy friends. I think someone that he's uh, owns Vancouver Whitecaps with is is worth about eight billion dollars. So he's got some mates that have got a bit of money. Um, I think everyone was getting excited. I was about to order my LA Lakers uh, vest off, uh, <laughs> off the website with Nash on the back. I was getting excited. But I think the, the thing I want to look at there is uh, about Ron ref, uh, refusing to include the sale of Roots Hall. So if this is a, a recent yeah. part, does that mean the new consortium, That's this is what I referred to earlier when saying, you know, is there a negative thing about the the new consortium coming in? Not necessarily it being the consortium, but the fact that Roots Hall would still be in the ownership of of the rap. Yeah. Uh, Firstly, I don't want to annoy or slag off the uh, person who wrote that that you just quoted in case they're listening. But Shrimper's own, anyone can write anything there. So I would take it all with a pinch of salt myself in the fact that it could just be some low board writing up a load of tosh. I mean, I'd like to think... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'd like to think it's not, but it could be someone making up a load of tosh on Shrimper's own. You don't know. Um, Which is why I'm inclined to take it all with a pinch of salt in the sense of... Could be true. Could be not true, could be half true and like a bit exaggerated. You don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I think of some sense of Steve Nash being involved, like it was rumoured and it was around a few other places and whatnot. But whether this geezer is actually in the know or whether he was just bored and 
writing something. I don't know. But let's say it is true. The ground thing is really, really infuriating. It's really annoying. I mean, you can see why he doesn't want to sell it because that's where he's going to get all his money from. But if that's the sticking point, which then drives away every uh, investor or new owner, then we're, no one's going to accept it. Then we're screwed, aren't we? Especially if he wants everyone to pay off his debts and then you don't own the stadium. That's just almost taking Breeding. piss, isn't it? Yeah. But that is half of the club is the stadium. So I think either... I mean, I don't know what he's requesting or what's what, but I think Ron Martin is going to have to either meet in the middle with people or just lower his demands in the sense of either give the stadium over, which is probably unlikely, and that's fine. If he wants to keep the stadium and then the move to Fossett's Farm or whatever, that's fine. Um, That's a whole other story, Fossett's Farm. But if he wants to keep the stadium himself, then that's fine, as long as the club is owned by the new owner and everything is that. But he will then have to wipe some of his debt. You can't expect somebody to come in, pay all of your debts, and then not even own the stadium, which is the main thing. Because yeah. then, what do you own? You Even when you then go to sell, you don't own anything. All you own you're is the club rights and few players. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You own the players and the name of the club, which we're not that big, are we? So, no. yeah, he's uh, something's going to have to change there and give. Let's hope it does for our sake. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure on that uh, article. Think, or a couple of things that. that I would sort of unpick from that. I mean, just just sort of two points from me. I think one of them, the fact having good ties with Spurs. I don't know what Nash has really got to do with Spurs. If he knows anyone at Spurs, obviously, I know Spurs are becoming and dog shit anyway. <laughs> I wouldn't say they're. <laughs> become, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But I wouldn't say they're becoming American. But obviously, with what they've done, including the sort of NFL NFL sort of pitch, yeah. There, I mean, I guess there could be some ties there. But Spurs have always produced decent players. Let's be honest. You know, not just you know looking past the the um, Harry Kane's and the Andros Townsends and the, the you know the ten- <laughs> <laughs> Andros Townsend. <laughs> that, that's off. the first first player of the or the uh, you know <laughs> the Shaquille Coulthers or the Shayun Harrisons. You know, <laughs> Luke Amos. Luke Amos, yeah, they've produced good players that you know we've had before. Um, but I think a, a, you know a um, a loan deal or like an agreement to have the players on loan. Uh, would be good. Um, and another thing that really attracted me to the proposition of Steve Nash coming in was the fact that uh, he's got his sporting background. You know, he he owns a couple of clubs already, um, like we mentioned earlier. So he, he it does seem as though he would have the club's interest at heart. So let's wrap this up. Uh, this this podcast up. Thank you to everyone who's listened so far. Uh, I know we sort of rambled on a little bit, but just sort of briefly, Simon, in an in a nutshell. What would you like to see from the new prospective owners? Good question. It's one that's hard to answer, but without stating the obvious, obviously you want someone who's going to pay the tax bill. He's going to pay his players on time. He's going to pay his staff. And then going past the basics of what should be expected, you want someone who's actually got a bit of money and can pick up a couple of good players. So... You know, previously where we've been in embargoes and we've, you know, John Steele and Kevin Mayer pointed out, Junior Marais, to name one, Andrew Dallas, both good players in our league. For him to go, yeah, all right, we'll have him. Dagnum is 50 grand. Let's have him or whatever. Um, somebody who's actually got that influx of cash would be lovely. 
so yeah, that'd be nice just to have somebody who's actually got, obviously you don't want someone to go and spend a load of money that they can't afford and do a berry or do, um, oh, there was someone else. Tons who, of clubs. There's tons yeah, of clubs. Of club. Yeah. I was trying to think quickly. of one that was, that was the other year, but, it slipped my mind. Anyway, it's not important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, that's obviously one. And then also one just to actually communicate with the fans and repair that sort of loss with the fans, not just in the sense of paying everyone and improving the playing score, but actually just statements maybe, you know, on, on the pitch, speeching or speeches, whatever, just something to repair that relationship with the fans that's been missing would be good to get and the local community yeah get bums back on seats maybe they'll go and sponsor a couple of local uh businesses or they'll just repair things and then also we've we've pissed off a couple of clubs and their owners and agents haven't we so for somebody to come in and repair that would be good i know maidenhead for one we lost out on josh kelly because we fannied around with the sam barrett deal too much so or didn't pay him for it i think yeah, well, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, <laughs> they're pro- they're probably one of the people in in the pool trying to wind us up. Um, it could well be. <laughs> oh, terrible ground, anyway. Terrible club. But yeah, so yeah, that's what I want. That's I mean, I know I've listed pretty basic things, but yeah, what about you? I think ultimately, you know, the principle of running a football club like what you've covered, making sure the staff are being paid, making sure the players are being paid. You know, I don't want to sort of take that as granted in the future, but for me, that's just a basic thing of running a company. So it, it should be taken as granted, really, in the sense of obviously not taken as granted. But when somebody's running a company, expected. yeah, you shouldn't even need to think. Okay, what are, what are your objectives? Oh, the objective is to pay your staff. Well, no, that's it's law. It's a given. It's a given. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a law, literally. Yeah. yeah. So you know, obviously, I'm on the same page with you. You know, in terms of you know, ethically running the club. You know business-wise, not pissing about with other clubs like you, you mentioned there with Maidenhead and and I'm sure we've probably done to, to many other clubs and, you know, not paid players on time, whatever. But in terms of, you know, the footballing projects and moving forward, I, I kind of like the way, we, you know, the current football top department run in terms of signing players from the league below, the sort of best players from the league below trying to prove themselves, younger players. So I think we keep that up. I think one thing that, you know, Ron has pulled the plug on recently is the Youth Academy. And I think we have got the potential to have one of the best Youth Academies, well, not certain for our level, but in this, you know, in the south of south of England. I think we've got a massive catchment. We've got we've got whole of East Anglia. We've got all of London. We've got the whole of the South East. You know, we've done really well in recruiting players that have dropped out from from big clubs. Obviously, you know, you're looking at someone like Drew Yearwood, looking at Daniel Bentley. You know, they they were at Arsenal, dropped out, came to us. You know, we've picked, picked players up from West Ham. I think that's excellent. We've got the catchment to do it. And yeah, but the problem is, obviously, it's not funded anymore, is it? So it's just no, going to be losing money. So we need somebody who's got cash owners. to burn. Yeah. yeah even a new owner might see it as a, a financial thing and they might say, oh, well, it's going to cost me 200 grand to keep the academy open. Am I going to gain 200 grand from it? Maybe not. Can't be asked. But then what what they might not. When, but... when, a, when, a Charlie Ke- when a Charlie Kelman comes through and you sell him for a quarter of a million to QPR. So as far as I'm aware, yeah. Maybe I'm I wrong. hardly doubt we got a quarter of a million for Charlie Kelman. <laughs> you know what I'm, you know what I mean? It takes one one gem to come through. 
Um, look, you, mate. Yeah, we, yeah. We've sold players to, to Man City in the last couple of years. Mm, yeah, best, there was that. Best team in yeah. the world, in my opinion. Best club in the world. Went to United, yeah. Exactly. Look, at, and I mean, you, you can just look at that and see the potential that the Youth Academy's got. Um, so I think Youth Academy, we've heavily invested in y- younger player recruitment, not just for the first team, incorporating a B team, as Stan Colley Moore said, or like an under-23 team uh, that constantly plays where we can have players, you know, you've got players like Jack Wood, Tommy Davis, all these younger players that need to be playing consistently. Going out on loan is brilliant as well. Um, but, you know, if they're not out on loan, they need to be playing um, B team games. So I think that would be my... my you know, my biggest point and obviously, yeah, a bit of money to, to splash some players that can get us promoted. Uh, if they have a nice little kitty. Um, but I think the youth Academy and just the whole club structure, I think the footballing structure at the club's fine. I think we've got it down to a T. I think John Still and, and co have, uh, and, and are brilliant. Uh, but in terms of the wider company basis, I think, yeah, the youth Academy should be utilised more. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. We just need to hope that, this all gets sorted before everyone fucks off. So, I mean, if yeah. we get round to the 1st of July and we're, well, Martin's still the owner of the club and no one's close, then all the players out of contract are going to leave. God knows. If Kevin Mayer and Curry and that leave, then we're fucked. Like, we might, might as well go bust. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, well, it's going to be a long road to recovery if, if they do go. <laughs> yeah, well, we've got a month, so fingers crossed, eh? But, yeah, that basically wraps up the episode, I think, that's pretty much everything we wanted to talk about, wasn't it? About all that's been going on in the last week or so. Going to yep. try and do these uh, chats and podcasts, whatever you want to call it, reasonably regularly over the summer. Something to do, something to talk about, something to listen to, to keep South End ticking over. Um, so, yeah, any suggestions of topics, anything you want to get involved in, give us a shout, drop a comment, um, message us. Yeah. SUSC goals on Twitter, on Twitter so I think our DMs are open so if you've got any questions just ping them over to us um, or just, just tweet us happily engage in conversation uh, and if you're talking absolute nonsense we'll tell you yeah if you're talking nonsense you'll fit right in you can come <laughs> yeah. join us <laughs> make the three of us then won't it <laughs> yeah yeah right nice one cool thanks everyone cheers See you later